and welcome to the podcast. My name is Crystal Sparks and I am so glad that you are here. Hey, whether this is your first time uh, listening to my podcast or maybe you're here all the time, um, I'm so glad to hang out with you. If you are in Texas, you know it is crazy hot right now. I'm like, wow, we are in the summer grind and I love it. My kids are home for the summer and I love everything about this time of year. It makes me so happy and so I hope wherever you are, um, even if it's not as hot as in Texas, um, that you're enjoying uh, the summer and time with your family. And uh, I'm excited to be here with you today. Hey, we are going to look at a passage of scripture in Luke chapter 5. And we're going to read verses 1 through 8. And this has been something that's kind of been stirring in my heart and in my spirit. And it's been speaking to me. And I hope that this speaks to you. And so it says this, Now it occurred that while the people pressed upon Jesus to hear the message of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret when he saw two boats drawn up by the lake. But the fishermen had gone down from them and were washing their nets. And getting into one of, the, one of the boats, the one that belonged to Simon Peter, he requested him to draw away a little from the shore. Then he sat down and continued to teach the crowd of people from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon Peter, Put out into the deep water and lower your nets for a haul. And Simon Peter answered, Master, we've toiled all night, but on the ground of your word I will lower my nets again. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. And as their nets were at the point of breaking, they signaled to the partners in the other boat to come and take hold with them. And they came and filled the boat so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. You know, this scripture is interesting to me. And before we go any further, I just want to highlight out to you a few things um, as we begin. Number one, and that I think is interesting from this text, is Peter had to have a willingness to use what he had differently. You know, I think all of us have a set way of things, right? Like we get into our rhythm, we get into our routine, um, we have our ways of doing things, our, our way we go about our lives. And if we're not careful, those ways of doing things almost become um, a religion to us, right? Like we are so married to those systems. And Peter had never used his boat as a stage for a sermon. Like never before had he done that. And uh, you see Jesus often using boats um, on water to help amplify his voice. It was like the best sound system, if you would, of that time. And here his boat hadn't been used as that in any other time in his life, but yet Jesus comes in and the first thing he wanted to do was he wanted to use what Peter had in a different way. You know, I want to encourage you that when you get saved, there's going to be gifts and talents, abilities on your life that God's wanna, going to want to come in and begin to use in a different way. And this is what we see in Peter. Number two, uh, they had to change their plan for the day. They had to change their plan for the day. When Jesus came in, when Jesus showed up, here they are. They are so tired. In fact, uh, Peter tells them, we have toiled all night long. So in other words, he has had no sleep. I'm sure he had plans of like, 
I'm going to go through a really great drive through and pick up some food and I'm going to go home and I'm going to take a nap. And then Jesus shows up and it completely changes their plan for the day. I want to encourage you to put your plans for the day before the Lord. Um, I have a reminder that goes off on my phone every day at 7 a.m. And it says, Lord, show me who needs an encounter with you today. And what if that became our prayer? What if that became our heart? Instead of just going to God, telling him what we're going to do every day, what if we began to say, God, what is it of mine that you want to use today? Uh, how do you want me to go about my day? Is there anything in my plans that you want me to do differently? What if we submitted the plans of our day to the Lord? Peter did, and when he did, it brought about the greatest catch that he had ever seen and not only affected his life, but the lives of the people around him. Number three is they had to let go of what they knew. Peter t tries to tell uh, Jesus all the reasons why it's not going to work. He's like, listen, we've tried, we've done it. And yet here uh, they had a willingness to let go of what they knew. Peter was a skilled fisherman. And it's really hard to take advice from people that don't know anything about your industry. Jesus was a carpenter by trade, and Peter was a fisherman. So I'm sure it felt awkward to listen to a carpenter. And I want to encourage you that uh, God sometimes is going to speak to you, and what he asks you to do is going to actually go against everything that possibly you were trained, everything that you thought was uh, logical or reasonable for you to do. and But yet there was power in Jesus word. There was not power in Peter continuing to do what he knew logically to do, but there was power in the obedience of acting on what seemed not logical in the natural sense. Number four, uh, they were thinking about their nets, but Jesus saw other people needing provision also. I think a lot of times in our lives when we're going through difficult situations, when we're going through hard things, it's really easy to make it all about us. We make the breakthrough all about us. We make the unemployment all about us. We make the heartache all about us. We make the betrayal about us. But the truth is what's happening in our lives is usually not just about us, but it's about our lives being a conduit of blessing for other people's lives. See, Peter saw his nets were empty, but Jesus saw not only were Peter's nets empty, but the lives of the people all around him. And God wants to bring in a miracle that's so great in your life that it's not only going to change your life, but the miracle is going to impact the people around you. And in turn, it's going to cause them to also turn to Jesus. See, Peter thought that his uh, negative circumstance was just about him. And God, in his sovereignty, saw what was so much bigger. It was a bigger picture. I would ask you this that maybe you're making the situation all about you. You know, one of the best things I heard a long time ago was um, whenever things aren't happening in our life, sometimes it's because we're not ready. Sometimes it's because it isn't ready. And sometimes it's because the people we're praying for aren't ready. And God waits for all three to be ready before he brings it into our life. You know, who knows where the other boats were all through the night? Who knows uh, where Peter's heart position was or the other people? And, and I want to encourage you that in your life, whatever it is that you're waiting for, you may be in a shame cycle thinking, what is wrong with me? Uh, what, what can I do better? And sometimes it's not that you're not ready. Sometimes it may just be that it's not ready or 
they are not ready, meaning the people's lives that you're called to impact. See, your breakthrough is never just about you. It's never supposed to just stay with you. God always has uh, people on his mind and on his heart that he wants to use your story, use what's happened to you uh, to make a breakthrough in their lives. So from this, um, a few things I want to talk to you about out of this text, uh, moving from this, is number one, um, I think the story teaches us that it's time for us to let God in. It's time for us to let God in. I think it's interesting that here in Luke chapter 5, I'd never seen this before. It says in verse 1, it says, Now it occurred that while the people pressed upon Jesus, he was standing by the, the, the lake, and he saw two boats drawn up by the lake, but the fishermen had gone down from them and were washing his nets. Now, it should be noted, I always thought that Peter was sitting there intently listening to Jesus as he's giving this great message, but actually that's not what the scripture says at all. It says that there was a great crowd, and they were all pressing upon Jesus. They were hanging on his every word, and yet here Peter is passively listening as he's washing his nets from his failure from the night before, and Jesus chooses him yeah I think this is so amazing because uh, if we're not if we're not careful I think that we can forget that uh, that God cares about us being engaged in what's happening and we can get to a place in our life where we just passively listen to what's happening. Uh, we don't really engage with the message. We don't really engage in God's word anymore. Our hearts aren't connecting with it. And Peter was here in this place, and Jesus did something that caught his attention. I would just submit to you that Scripture is completely silent about what Jesus taught. In fact, as uh, Luke is recalling this, and he's speaking to people and, and compiling these stories about Jesus, the people that he taught, talked to did not remember what Jesus taught, but they did remember the fruit of the message. And I think if we're not careful in our lives, we'll be passive listeners. And when I say that we're passive listeners, I'm meaning we can hear so many podcasts, so many messages, but our lives are never changed from it. And these people that recalled to Luke about what happened on this day, they did not remember the words of Jesus, but they did remember the life change that Jesus needed. Uh, Initiated. And I want to ask you, how much of God's word is changing you? How much of the messages that you listen to on a Sunday are impacting your life or are making you take action steps to towards change? John 6, uh, 12, Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says, I have many more things to share with you, but you are not able to bear them. I would just like to submit this to you that every time we hear a word from God, we are required, or might I say, we are obligated by God uh, to begin to live those words out. And, and here Peter is hearing the word, and he had to make the choice, am I going to let God in? Jesus wanted to use his boat. He didn't want to just speak, but he wanted to get actively involved in the middle of what Peter was doing, in the middle of the way that he made money, in the middle of his business. Business. Jesus wanted in that space. And, and I want to encourage you, have you let Jesus in or are there still places where you've walled him out? See, Jesus wanted in and he wanted into the place that, number one, where Peter felt like a failure. 
I think it's interesting that Jesus did not choose to come to Peter in a time that of his success. Jesus did not come to Peter in a point of time where he felt like his life was all together and everything was great. No, actually, Jesus wanted to show up on the day where it felt like Peter's life was falling apart, that nothing is working out, and Jesus chose in his goodness to show up on that day. I want to encourage you today that God is not afraid to be invited into the places that you feel shame. He's not afraid to be invited into the places that you feel um, that you've made mistakes or that you've fallen short, that it's oftentimes, I would say, that that's the very place that Jesus wants in the most. The next thing is um, something that I've been studying out recently. I was listening to an old message from Uncle John, and he was talking about Genesis chapter 1. And the first thing that God gave man dominion over uh, was fish. In fact, uh, fish is very significant because all throughout Scripture, you'll see that it's one of the main ways that they uh, would trade money was fish. Fish represented finances. And so meaning that God, the very first thing that God gave us dominion over was our finances. God wanted us to rule in a place of abundance and he wanted us to be Lord over our finances, not meaning like he, where he's not Lord, but I'm just meaning that the enemy's not continuously uh, pushing us down in the area of our money. And uh, so here Peter is, these fish represented his money. These fish represented his source of income. And I think it's interesting that whenever you read your Bible, you'll see in Matthew 6, 21, it says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also that the very first place that Jesus wanted a place in in Peter's life was the thing that represented his money the idea of how he made money the idea of how he obtained money Jesus got right in the middle of that and when Peter saw God show up in his finances he bowed before him and declared him as Lord you know I want to encourage you wherever you're at have you let God in in the area of your finances I I, I think a lot of us, if we're not careful, we, we let God into all these other places, but we don't let him in in the area of our money. And I think it's interesting that Jesus wanted to win Peter's heart, but he knew the way to win Peter's heart is to be able to allow Peter. Peter needed to let him in in the area of his finances. And as Peter let him in in the area of his finances, God won his heart. Number two is, are we willing to let God lead? Let God lead. Ephesians 5, 15. It says, look carefully how you walk. Live purposefully and worthily and accurately. I want to encourage you um, that hearing God's word is not enough. You know, we kind of talked about that, about being a passive listener. And I believe that we are only as mature in God as we are obedient. And here Peter is, in fact, Jesus, at the end of so many of his messages, he said, blessed are you if you do these things. Not if you hear these things, but if you do these things. We've got to get to a point in our Christian walk where we begin to let God lead. We allow God to lead us. And he's going to lead us to some places that does not make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense in the natural. It won't ever add up. But something on the inside of us will know that this is what God's asking us to do. There's three things God gives us when we listen. Number one, uh, we become free from fear. 
I believe that when we let God lead, uh, the, one of the things that happens is we begin to be free from fear. Uh, Psalm 16, verse 7 in the Passion Translation, it says this, The way you counsel me makes me praise you more. For your whispers in the night give me wisdom, showing me what to do next. I think this scripture is so good. And I was in a community group uh, this summer with my friend Emily, and uh, it was so good. And she talked about how well, the Bible says that we're seated now in heavenly places with Christ. And she was talking about what does it mean to live that life, to where we're seated in heavenly places with Christ. And I began to meditate on that. And I thought, you know, in heaven, in heavenly places, there's no fear. In heavenly places, there's no anxiety. In heavenly places, there's no sickness. In heavenly places, there's no worry. In heavenly places, there's no lack. Like God's not in any of those positions, right? In heavenly places, in heaven, all those things are a present reality. And all of a sudden, I began to realize that in my life when I'm experiencing worry, anxiety, um, all those things that are so prevalent here on earth, it's because I've stopped being seated. My spirit is no longer seated with Christ and I've allowed myself to come down into this present reality. And, and what I love is that when we let God lead, part of the fruit of that is I live free from fear. I love that. In Psalm 16, 7, it says, the way you counsel me makes you pray, makes me praise you more for your whispers in the night. Give me wisdom, showing me what to do next. I want to encourage you that there is no problem that God is not aware of, unaware of. There is no circumstance that God has turned a blind eye to. There is nothing that you're going through or anything that you need that God isn't aware of it. He loves you without restraint and seated with him in heavenly places. That's when all all of a sudden fear begins to melt and all of a sudden anxiety begins to lift. Depression can't have its hold on us when we are close to the Lord in that way. Number two, we will be confident. We will be confident. And here in the story, uh, Peter declares out to the Lord on the ground of your word in verse five. Uh, I love this because he's on water, but yet his life is solid on the word of God. I want to encourage you, no matter what God asks you to do, there is confidence in following his voice. There is confidence in following his leading on the ground of his word. We can get whatever it is that he's promising us. Isaiah 28 verse 26 says, his God instructs him and teaches him in the right way. I want to encourage you today, no matter what area it is in your life that you feel like you're lacking confidence, that God wants to speak to you and his voice always brings confidence. It always brings assurance. The enemy's voice always comes to push us down and, and remind us of our inadequacies and our failures. But God's voice always brings confidence. It always brings an assurance um, that we're exactly where we're supposed to be. Number three, um, when we let God lead, we begin to experience rest. In John 6, it tells us the story of Jesus uh, multiplying the loaves and the fish. But the part I love about it is everybody's in chaos. Everybody's hungry. The disciples are looking for answers. And Jesus says, command the crowd to recline on the grass. And when the crowd rested, Jesus did the miracle. My experience in my life has been this, that when I am at a place of rest, just being obedient to the last thing God's called me to do, then all of a sudden all the good things begin to come in my life. 
In fact, I'll just say that every miracle Brian and I have seen, every breakthrough we've had in prayer has not been in seasons where we were striving or trying so hard to make it happen, but it's in the seasons where we're just living our lives completely surrendered to the Holy Spirit, asking God for his wisdom and what to do. We find ourselves reclined on the grass and then all of a sudden Jesus does what only he can do. Brian and I, we uh, tried for a while, a long while to get pregnant with our daughter Braley. And uh, we experienced a miscarriage, um, our first marriage, our first um, pregnancy rather, and it was so heartbreaking. And uh, we were so sad. I had prayed and tried so hard. I did everything from the temperature taking to counting days to eating right food. And there was all these wives' tales. We didn't have the internet whenever I got pregnant. Thank God, because I probably would have been Googling everything. The internet existed. We just all didn't really use it. There wasn't a whole lot out there. And finally, uh, we went on vacation, and we were just able to relax and enjoy each other. And that is when I got pregnant with our daughter. I I just want to encourage you that maybe what's happening and the God dream in your life isn't happening because you're trying so hard to make it happen. And in your trying to make it happen, all of a sudden, it's blocking the very thing that you've been praying for. Can I encourage you to just rest? Rest and allow God to do what only He can do. As you rest, he's multiplying. As you rest, he's doing creative miracles. As you rest, he's working all things together for his good. The last thing I want to show you from this text as we finish our time together is they had to be willing to let go of their timeline. They had to let God in, let God lead, and let go of their timeline. Peter wanted the catch the night before. In in his estimation, God was late. In his estimation, he was a failure. In his estimation, it was too late. But in God's timeline, it was perfect. And I want to encourage you in your life, the seasons that you feel like that you're behind, you think to yourself, I thought I'd be further than now. I thought I'd have more by now. I thought I would accomplish more by now. And God's looking at your life and he wants to assure you that you're right on track. That if it hasn't happened yet, it may be because you're not ready, it's not ready, or they're not ready. But at the right time, in the right circumstance, God's going to show up. And I've found in my life that you can't miss a God appointment. Just like David, he, this prophet shows up to anoint him as the next king. Him not being in the house didn't block his, the anointing from happening. It just meant that they had to go search for him. Because in God's book, in God's way of doing things, you're not going to miss a God appointment. I want to encourage you to let go of the timeline that you've built for God. Some of you have been frustrated because it seems like uh, what you've been praying for hasn't happened. And I want to have the kind of faith that believes no matter what. I want to have the kind of faith that lets go of the timeline, that let God let, lets God lead, and lets God in. Well, hey, I hope you got something uh, from this podcast. As always, it means so much to me um, when you share this. Can you do me a favor? If this podcast uh, spoke to your heart, can you text a few friends and share it with them? Or perhaps you can share it on social media. Whenever you tag me on social media, it always warms my heart. Uh, You can find me on Instagram as at crystal underscore sparks and you can find me on facebook at uh, crystal sparks ministries i think it is i don't know i'll have the link down below um but i would love for you to tag me that way i can see it and uh, as always thank you so much and i uh, hope that you have a great week let's do something awesome for god